everyone and welcome to the Information Entropy Podcast, where we try and take some science, squish it into an hour-long show, hopefully making it less confusing than it was at the beginning. This week, we are taking drug no, talking about drugs once again. Uh, if you want to follow us on our socials, you can. Twitter, at InfoEntropyPod. TikTok, at InfoEntropyPod. Instagram, InformationEntropyPod. And of course, whichever directory you're listening to us on right now, if you can give us a like, a rating, a comment, whatever it is, it helps us out absolutely massively. I'm Tom Jenks, joined as per usual by Mitchell Gatting. How are you, mate? I'm doing good. How are you? Yeah, not too shabby, not too shabby. That's good. Good week. Good glad. Um, has been a good week. It has. You know, it's been it's been it's been a chill week. Well, that's good. No spinal taps yeah. this week. No, no spinal taps this week. <laughs> no, no watching of that movie. Um, yeah, no, it's just nothing egregious has happened against me, so I, I can't complain. Um, <laughs> I like how that's the baseline. Uh, <laughs> yeah, nothing egregious yeah. has happened. My, my that's it's good. Um, we didn't manage to play D anD D because of scheduling dif- difficulties. Yeah, which, you know, it's, it's sad. whenever that happens, it kind of starts my week off to on a bit of a downer. Then I have to try and fight it back. Um, but you know, should have just played by yourself, is. and then when we arrive next week, um, you can be like, "Yeah, sorry, I progressed on the story. You should have been there. <laughs> you should have been there. It was great. There's mind flares. I killed them all. I'm actually level <laughs> twenty now. Yeah, um, I actually took over the entire world. <laughs> I am God. Uh, yeah. How's your week been? Your week of university going? Oh, it's all right, isn't it? It's just uh, just never ending work, but that's the PhD life. Yeah. How long have you got left? Until you say free, but then you're being thrown into, you know, work. <laughs> work, yeah. Um technically about a year, just under. So it was a oh. year about five days ago. Oh, I got ages. Yeah. And then uh I don't I it'll probably take longer than that, to be honest. So uh let's say maybe eighteen months. Okay, I know you're going to be like this busy for the whole 18 months because I don't envy you if that's the case. Whereas this, this Probably, this is... yeah. Because oh, no. now it's, it's like writing time, um, analysis time. Whereas before, when I was just, you know, on field work playing with certain animals all day, it was great. Um, whereas now, yeah, it's a bit more nitty gritty. Mm-hmm. But it's fine, ethically, it's interesting. Playing with animals before anybody starts. Yeah, you know. ethically. I heard people like unlocking their phones, getting on Twitter, getting ready for the, the like, oh, how dare you experiment? <laughs> we experiment, all knew that. Yeah. What, what you meant by like play with was actually with. like science oh. lingo for. Now there was no science. I was just actually playing with animals the entire time. Uh, just, what's it? Uh, volleyball with dolphins. Yeah. Have you seen that? They often play like like that. I have. Yeah. There's yeah, another yeah. animal that does it as well. Um, humans. I've heard they're okay volleyball. <laughs> Yeah. Don't want to study yeah. them much though. No, humans boring. Yeah. Why would you want to study something that can that can talk back to you and give you answers? I know. They get jippy <laughs> and it's like, right, now you've thrown off my whole experiment. I don't want to work with you anymore. <laughs> yeah, but you can't really trust anything a human says, can you? Because it's like, oh, is there a bias? Are they like are they lying? Everybody's experience is different, so is anything they truly say correct? Like yeah. That's true. Well, I mean, that that's, that know? is interesting, especially when you're looking at the psychological side of things and the behavior side of things. Um, Did you just say the psychological? Psychological side of things. 
<laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It sounded okay to me, but uh, I forgot what I said five minutes ago. So, you know, here we are. Yeah, uh, so um, here we are. I have had my arm twisted into giving a shout out to a couple of people, oh. a couple of new listeners. Okay. So, uh, new listeners. Yeah, Georgie and Pip. Um, shout out. There you go. Done. You suck now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they they smell really bad. Yeah, that's the announcement. <laughs> that's actually the news of today. So uh, news just in. <laughs> Georgie and Pip smell horrible. <laughs> um. So yeah. Uh. That's it. I do have some actual news though. Okay. Um, as I'm sure me. everyone else and they will be delighted to hear about this. Um, so this could be a bit of a discussion really there is some ethical speaking of ethics ethical Mm -hmm. or non-ethical things coming up in the industrial side of uh crispr gene editing and we spoke about this a little bit before and it comes back to should we be bringing animals back to life now if you think oh yeah jurassic park that turned out so well let's do that in the real life then you're basically on board with what a company called Colossal Biosciences is literally trying to do uh, within the next couple of years. Sorry, is that Colossal BS? Um, yeah, yeah, yes, it is. <laughs> but Biosciences they... is one word, right? So okay, the... yeah, but I'm just, but yeah, right, okay, so Colossal sure. BS. <laughs> yeah, Colossal BS. <laughs> um, they have announced plans to resurrect the. Woolly mammoth, yeah. Using a surrogate Indian elephant um, to, you know, gestate the mm-hmm. the infant. Yeah, it makes sense. Close, close relative. Yeah, and they're going to reintroduce them back into Russia, and they've just released a press release as well, saying the next animal they want to do is bring the dodo back from extinction, claiming that they have just fully mm. mapped the genome of the dodo um i i honestly i haven't read their exact press release and everywhere i've read this says that they claim it but failed to be able to back up like well, substantial dog. proof um, yeah, okay. well you know it, it probably is bs we oui. colossal <laughs> absolutely colossal, colossal <laughs> bs um now, they say that bringing back animals aren't the only goal, and it's more, not more, but could also be used as co- conservation research. Like, if we see animals are going extinct nowadays, we can uh, map their genome, revive them before they're, gone, like, officially gone extinct. My, my reverse question to them would be, why pick something that's been, like, extinct for a really long time it would be di- more difficult when you can pick something that hasn't been like money extinct f- for i like, know it's it's yeah, it exposure. sounds good jazz but i mean imagine you, know. you had a tiktok right of a woolly mammoth how many views would that get just exposure being paid okay, with well, exposure so i we're going to reach out to beth uh, shapiro phd who is the professor of ecology and evolutionary bioscience at UC Santa Cruz, who was part, who is part of Colossal BS. Okay. Um, I'm going to see if we can get her on. All right. See if we can get that going. We'll do it. See if we can get them on. Yeah. Uh, I think it'd be really interesting to speak about, especially like the ethics side of things. Like, what, what, I, what do you think mm-hmm. of, uh, should we be doing this? 
Because I guess so, these are at least two species that we know humans yeah. made go extinct, right? Or went extinct through human... Uh, what, the dodo? Yeah, the dodo as well. I thought the dodo was around way before humans. Have you seen Ice Age, mate? Yeah. Yeah, they died because of the melons. Uh, but yeah, that's not humans <laughs> as well, though, is it? Uh, let me have a uh, you know, it was the Dutch... I'm on the, the colossal, colossal BS page. So I got to the uh, uh, who started this and who's to blame. And it's Dutch settlers. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Dodo because is they, one of the most uh, famous examples first, of human-induced extinction. Yeah. First nation to set on foot on uh, Mauritius, which is where the Dodos lived. Didn't know that. Oh. Learning every day. Um, and in 1598. So, Was it really that recent? Yeah. Wow, there you go. Is that recent that's nearly yeah but 1598 you think of the dodo you're like oh yeah ice age yeah um anyway dodo Taekwondo bigger dodos. than a turkey uh, 23 kilograms <laughs> christmas is delicious. about to change forever another issue i was gonna say another reason <laughs> why they went extinct much more delicious than a turkey um the dodo oh uh, no it's the black rats they possess the biggest threat to dodo eggs no, it makes sense. Because they, they brought um, pigs, rats, goats, monkeys, and deer. Uh, easy to catch. And also, yeah, species introduced by man. Yeah, I mean, rats. I guess you've never had to run away from anything before in your entire life. Or like yeah. many, many generations before you and suddenly you do have to. Um, it's like I saw a very interesting seminar recently at uh at uni and how bad cats are leaching a it's called plasmotoxmosis yeah or toxoplasmosis toxoplasmosis that's the one um which is basically a parasite which is leaching into the environment and uh like really harming especially like monk seal populations in around hawaii uh, but everyone just loves cats, and there's just so many cats there. So, very interesting, unintentional kind of dynamic of things going on there. Yeah, it's also not very good for humans, if you don't know. No, it's not. Um, I think it was something weird, like some a, a large, large amount of people are actually infected without actually knowing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Anyway. Jesus. We're back on drugs uh, this week. Well, actually, going back to the ethical thing. Oh yeah, I I would agree if like uh, humans were the cause. Okay, of, but of like the extinction because then it's our fault and it's our responsibility to you know sort our issues out. For sure, but let's say fifteen ninety eight, as you said, is it gone too long to reintroduce a species? back into an environment that's now evolved without it oh yeah that's, that's a good job because what are they gonna eat what they're gonna eat what, what? unintended consequence are they gonna have yeah um, it's like, well it's happened before and it's worked well with the wolves and the it was the ox or the bison they really introduced yellowstone was it yeah i think yeah. it was yellowstone they, re- they reintroduced the wolves and they came back yeah, and then that had lots of like trickle down effects onto like either just deer grazing like habits and things like that. Um, yeah, I sent you an article, an updated article about that the other day, 
um, which is now how wolves have started hunting sea otters. Because sea otter populations have started to rise now as well. And because they're both top of the food chain, they've adapted to like hunt sea otters now. Good. I'm glad. Oh, down okay. The, down those sea otters. Yeah, no, just no, the no, worst no. things in the world. Uh, no, no. Sea otters are cute and adorable. So, same with river otters. It's the Amazonian river otter that can absolutely go and do one. Most terrifying thing on the, the face of the planet. What? What? What am I missing not here? Seen, no. Have you not seen giant otters? Amazonian river otter. Giant otter. Yeah, giant otter. They're, they're huge. They hunt crocodiles. That's pretty cool. Like, I can't. I can't remember which one. Oh, crocodiles! Yeah, that's pretty crocodiles. punk, though, isn't it? Oh yeah, no, full punk, but absolutely terrifying and huge. They are called giant for a reason. Yeah, and I can't, they I can't are, really get like a. I can't really get a sense of scale here. Yeah, they all look small, but they're not. Okay. Um, they're, if you look for a video uh, of them hunting, they're like hyenas. They giggle when they hunt. Oh, that's unsettling. Yeah, which is another reason why they're terrifying. Okay, I found a good. I found a good. I found a good one. Uh, copy image. It is a uh, <laughs> one of these otters standing by what can only be described as, I guess, not a full adult crocodile, but like a decent size crocodile. Okay, I'll throw this uh, picture up on to our socials. By the way, oh wow, that's huge. I think I just came yeah. across the, the, the uh, uh, yeah similar picture. I'll throw this up on the the social. So if you are interested, you can go and look at that. I'm just going to retweet it right now. Yeah, uh, six feet in length they reach, um, which is what two meters, which is not small. Yeah, it's not small. Mahusiv. Small at all. All right, cool. Drugs then. Back to drugs. drugs. So we started this episode last week, um, for those who didn't catch it, and uh, in true fashion, I think we just tangented and laughed for about 30 minutes, and so here we are again. Yeah, here we are again. Here we are again. Um, Do you just want to take us a bit bit back, throwback? That's what I'm trying to get my words out today. A throwback to last week. What are drugs? Okay, so <clears throat> drug is any substance that when taken or administered into the body has a physiological effect. Uh, this can include medically prescribed drugs by doctors for specific medical conditions, like, such as a pixaban for thinning your blood like I take, or it can be any substances used recreationally for their mind-altering effects, such as shrooms. Uh, I really had to refrain from ma- making a like I take joke there as well. <laughs> Chemical properties, <laughs> uh, their effects on the body and their legal status. Um, yeah, that is uh, drugs. Drugs done. Thanks for joining. A quick episode this yeah. week. Absolute drugo. <laughs> Absolute drugo, mate. <laughs> what I'm going to do? <laughs> See the Sasquatch. Uh, yeah, that's it. Pack it up. Yeah, there we go. Part two. So last week we talked about let me let me throw the mind back methods of how they're administered administration there we go yeah uh why they're so why they're addictive yeah that was it no, that me. was it. um 
I think that's actually all we covered. We also spoke, we, we went down a, a few rabbit holes of uh, personal hospital experiences. Oh, yeah, the spinal, spinal, the, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, um, spinal tapage. L- lumbar puncturage. Lumbar puncturage. Epidurals. Epidurals, yeah. which I have lots of experience with. Um, I don't, that's a joke. Well, you've, been pregnant, so you've been pregnant a lot. Yeah, I've been pregnant uh, <laughs> many times. Um, as well as, I can't remember, just other random things. So, yeah, check it out. It was a good laugh. Um, we laughed a lot. So, hopefully you will as well. Um this week, though, maybe we'll keep it a bit more in the wheelhouse of sciencey information. Maybe not. You never, you just never know with these things. Mm-hmm. So, um, one of the things I wanted to speak about, which we, we didn't get onto last week, was recreational drugs. Now, there's a lot of reform going on. We spoke, we've spoken about the war on drugs a lot. Um, there, I think was it Vancouver who mm-hmm. just completely legalized meth usage. Uh, in a new what? reform <laughs> let's get this Meth? on the go yeah um decriminalization <laughs> of meth it was like a massive oregon british columbia yeah they decriminalized cocaine heroin and meth so yeah i don't understand why i mean there's places like norway right it's every drug's legal same as portugal i think and uh, instead of taking it yeah dealing obviously yeah you can't be just out there dealing it like it's nobody's Wheel business um and basically instead of like putting a lot of their money into you know stopping drugs coming into the country it's about like education and yeah. making sure people have safe places to do it like you can go to uh drug centers and they'll give you a safe place and clean needles and things like that and yeah. like yeah try and get you off it if you want the help and things and it just you know their drug usage has gone down dramatically it's by far being the best method we've seen people deal with it um yeah so uh, far so, anyway uh, yeah right using a, a swiss or swiss but a scandinavian-esque country is always always a fun one because they're they they get tax through the nose but all their tax goes to like you know proper things not conservative party members um Ooh. like <laughs> uh when we went, we went there we asked like uh we went on this walking tour as we you should, as everybody should do if you go to a new place go on one of these free walking tours and then you know get, leave a generous tip but we asked about um because there's, uh, I think there's a, there's a culture of alcohol is incorrect. It's not like getting smashed like the UK, but Carlsberg is like a national treasure. Okay. The Carlsberg factory is 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 a is a Danish beer and is or Tuborg, depending on you know what your preference is. Um, but you you will rarely see homelessness or like a drunkard laying about. And we asked, like, well, why is it so small? I think that I can't remember what the percentage is. But we we asked them why it's so small, and it's because they've got like, yeah, they've got help for these individuals that you can go stay in these homes for free. They'll help you get off. Um, and for the small minute people that you do see, they would have had to go like <laughs> above and beyond to like not ruin their own lives. Yeah, but we, we talked about the like addicted nature of things and how it changes them. They would have to like 
fail on in everything and be like intentionally self-destructive to not get help because help is provided to them through all manners of like living situation costs getting off all that kind of stuff like therapy to help if there's any underlying issues um that need to work through yeah and it's it kind of makes so much sense like you go to a place like that it's like oh yeah why wouldn't we want just to help people and then you look at other quote mark civilized places and uh yeah it's just going downhill isn't it anyway Wait, where's, your, where's, where's your quote civilized place um because <laughs> for me there, there was a very small number no america has not been a civilized place for at least 20 years hence the quote marks yeah. civilized uh, well seemingly got, but obviously a, actually not opioid. like the worst yeah they, that it was basically just sarcasm like that yeah like there is just the worst place ever i think <laughs> what um, just America for stop? It's, it's just the worst place ever. I just going uh, downhill so quick in it. There's just so much bad news, <sighs> shootings. People yeah. who just like don't want to help other people because they don't want to pay more taxes or so many drug issues and just a, co- a mm. complete refusal to help other people or see them as human beings. Yeah, and I'm I'm sure that is the minority. Of course, it must. Well, I hope it is. You know, and that's just what you hear about. Um, it's a strange one, isn't it? Like for us in the UK who have an NHS, who there's been intentional harm being made to the NHS through different governments. I'm not going to make another conservative joke about, you know, making a dig. Um, But it, it feels so strange to me. And it's not entitlement. I don't think it's entitlement, but it's just like, how can... I think Americans have a very competitive relationship with their government and it's not like we have a competitive relationship with certain sides it's a very much a like i've got what is mine and you can't take it away from me and i've got yeah. guns because in case you do something bad we're gonna overthrow you because that's like you know right to bear arms in case of civil unrest it's, that's that's the whole thing but it seems so strange <laughs> they've got this really competitive but then it's all gone to pot really I yeah, I don't. I think it's because it's you can be competitive, but without oh, education, <laughs> um, yeah. it just goes down the no, wrong been, rabbit hole, doesn't it? Because they just don't have the infrastructure there. Um, yeah. Anyway, but it's the opioid crisis. Going back to drugs and what, yeah. what this releases, the opioid crisis that happened in the United States that really like kicked a public health crisis off for them because. It was a nearly handing out of like yeah drugs. Isn't it? They 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 had a look. There's there's a documentary on this about the whole opioid crisis. And essentially, it was a one company or a few, uh, like Oxycontin, uh, Percocet, or was it Vicodin? I think is the third one. That rings but in a the bell. late nineties. Um, they essentially overprescribed it and got doctors to lie, or they lied to the doctors about how addictive it was right um and it essentially all started from this one town and they tried it out in this one town yeah and it completely destroyed that one town that's, that's in the documentaries it's about that one town um and then yeah it's ridiculous oh. it, it, it just spirals to like a whole countrywide issue but it, it's, it's it's one of those games when when people say about like society as a whole but then use america as a, like an example, I've started being like, America is no longer the example. 
We can't oh, use no, no. like no, no, exactly. America is the it norm. Is. Like I, like paying attention to American news now, I no longer pay attention to it because it's just it's, yeah, it's so just different it? from the actual norms of like Europe or us or like any other country because it's just so yeah so distorted i believe plus you know yep i've been there once probably not gonna go there again so i'm not gonna <laughs> worry myself with it um that's fair yeah absolutely fair enough yeah going back to the going back back to scandinavian countries they have like things in place to help them and even like if you go to jail for selling drugs or you know doing something on drugs in jail in the prisons they're not jails in the prisons uh they're so well funded because of the high rate of tax that you will actually get the help that you need and while you're there you may actually be taught a new skill you get yeah the whole prison system there is all about rehabilitation not just incarceration which again that's it It, there's a difference between rehabilitation and for profit right yeah which is absolutely Mm -hmm. mind-boggling to me especially like you know you see the new stuff that that law or that bill that was uh not introduced but publicized like the it was press release on like ah oh, prisoners can give up their organs for like a year off their sentence it's like oh okay yeah we're we're in the dystopia now okay that's i just wanted yeah. confirmation we'd arrived in this hellscape <laughs> great yeah but again that is not a wheel <laughs> no that's a, abstract that from that is that's Amer- one that's, country that's america over there yeah who is no longer <laughs> i think that was ohio specifically to be fair but yeah yeah so it's it's a it is what it is we'll get it back is on to, we'll, we'll come is. back to america because we got we'll come back to the mk ultra oh yeah uh, that, that was situation. Fun, yeah. um all right so, uh, my point of getting us onto recreational drugs there was just to speak <laughs> a little bit how they work. And we could do a quick recap here of how the, the brain works. Because recreational drugs specifically, or mostly, target the central nervous system in some way. Uh, so, whether they're a stimulant or a depressant or things like that, they mostly affect how quickly or just how information is passed around your body. And that's everything from lsd acid mushrooms like the actual psychedelics to like caffeine um which you know like bouncy beans you know to sit in your chair and vibrate for a couple of hours (laughs) (laughs) um so quick recap on how the brain works we touched on this a little bit uh last week but if you didn't listen to that do not fret so The brain often likened to an incredibly complex computer, but instead of lots of circuits going around the device, it is instead billions of cells, which we call neurons. And they're organized into different circuits and networks and basically compartmentalize the brain and parts of the body. Each neuron, each cell, kind of acts as a switch which controls the flow of information around these circuits. And if it receives enough signals from another neuron that it's connected to, it will fire information off um, on the other end. So to send a message, a neuron releases what's called a neurotransmitter. It's basically a tiny little protein that leaves one cell and attaches um, to another cell across a gap. And the gap is called a synapse. 
and it's basically needed to be there so enough neurotransmitters can fill up the gap to tell the cell, actually, yes, there is a real signal here, uh, so please pass on this information. Um, and we spoke about last week the, the whole lock and key mechanism. Mm -hmm. So these neurotransmitters are a very, very specific shape, and they will fit onto receptors on the neurons that are also a very, very specific shape. So the neuron goes, okay, I've just received 10 uh, serotonin neurotransmitters, so I'm going to pass on the message that we should be happier than we were a second ago. Something like that. That is incredibly oversimplified, and I'm sure I just gave <laughs> some kind of neuroscientist a heart attack. Um, <laughs> but we don't need to know much bit more beyond that uh, for us casual consumers. So basically, that's what's happening there. But these things can also become overstimulated. And this happens, let's say, if the same stimulus keeps becoming transmitted, your brain might just start to ignore it or stop that information from firing. So let's say you get like a really nasty smell come in, right? Um eventually or even after a couple of minutes you'll just stop smelling that smell and it's because your brain has just been so overstimulated to the exact same stimulus that it goes okay i i know that's there now i'm just going to stop kind of responding to that um so even if the um, smell is still yeah. there um it's called i think it's called fatiguing um yes. so you're still your brain still actually knows it's there it's just not telling you or not passing that information on because perhaps that neuron has run out of neurotransmitters to pass on uh, because there's so much information being passed on that it can't actually recharge. So when they say, um, if you, if you go away on holiday, uh, when you come back, have a sniff of your house because that'll yeah. be what other people smell when they yeah, come. It's true. Or yourself. <laughs> <laughs> when you're leaving, you come that back one. to it. Yeah. <laughs> If you're having They're an like, out of body oh, experience, stink. yeah, yeah, and when you come back, Just once you've had give yourself a whiff, and you've had an out of body experience, and you come back, um, yeah, that's you all know that you smell, yeah. Um, so drugs interfere with this system in numerous ways. But essentially, what they do is they disrupt the way that neurons send, receive, or process signals. So some drugs, such as marijuana and heroin will activate neurons because the chemical structure that gets into the brain or central nervous system is a very similar shape to the neurotransmitters. So it allows the drugs to attach to the neuron and activate it. And even though they mimic the brain's chemicals, they don't actually activate the neurons in the same way. So it essentially means that your neurons slightly get confused and send different messages so if you are having a mega trip and you start hallucinating it's because what you're you actually are taking in visual information but the visual information is distorted as it gets to your like processing center let's say yeah um, which is it's an interesting thing if you've got like any sort of something like tinnitus or like visual snow okay. not speaking from experience but uh <laughs> tinnitus can be like a bit of a weird one 
because it, it depends if it's, if you've got uh because it well, could be I'd like physical it, or neurological right yeah if you had any sort of neurological condition that affected either your sight or your hearing it could be an interesting one mm. because like say if you were blind or blind from birth and you took like shrooms or something, what would the effect be? Would you like hallucinate or you took hallucinogenics and you were blind or would you just see like more colors? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I'm not sure. Do you do people in the, the blind community, uh, at least if they're blind from birth, have a concept of color? Is that a um, learned yeah, thing? That's also true. Yeah, no, that, that's, yeah. Uh, genuine question. I, I do not know. Uh, I don't think so. No, oh, there's it, a Vice depends, article here. It, it, what happens like, when like, blind people like take scale. psychedelics? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a scientist. Let's see. They heighten this. There isn't a lot of literature, surprisingly. Um, this one is partially blind. Can they see clear images? Okay, so there's a study of 24 people. Uh, researchers recorded the blind subjects' responses to questions about what they experienced. They reported seeing spots, lights, dots, and flickers. Very few reported complex visual imagery, like faces or objects or colors. Mm -hmm. But these were IRA researchers, not psychologists. They were exploring the hypothesis about the retina that proved to be wrong. And their hypothesis was that LSD caused changes in the retina that could be used during like visual therapy um so they were hoping to spur on hallucinations within blind people and hopefully that would lead to medication um but that did not work essentially so apparently not no blind people do not hallucinate as uh, in the same way uh non-blind people mm. seeing people sorry I, I do not know the politically correct way to uh, <laughs> people with blindness okay there we go yeah because um, it's, it's never it's never like blind people or something people it's always just go for like people who have or who people who are yeah okay because it's, yeah. it's, it's the, the blindness doesn't define them they are not you know their the quintessentialness isn't no. they're people who are blind <laughs> It's a very interesting question, though, that I'd never really uh, thought about. But there must be some really weird... So synesthesia is something we come back to every so often. <laughs> it is, yeah. And for those people who don't know, synesthesia is essentially a crossing of the neural pathways that control various senses. So let's say my... Because when you're younger, they're actually attached and they separate as you as you grow up. So let's say my hearing and my sight don't separate as I grow up. My brain then, when I have receive a visual stimulus, might always create a sound in my head that isn't really there. But I always associate, I don't know, the color yellow with twinkling or something like that. And this is a real thing that people have. They see certain numbers as always blue or certain words have a taste. <clears throat> like... <clears throat> It's uh, very interesting. So I'd imagine, I don't know, I wonder how that would be impacted through the use of drugs and uh, your neurotransmitters firing in different ways. Also, 
people with uh, aphantasia. If they take, oh, like, yeah. how does that how does that work? I I wonder if it does because aphantasia is that just a it's a pure absent absence of the mind's eye, right? Yeah, inability to visualize, uh, otherwise known as image free thinking. And so is that because they just have kind of like lost that connection, or they're physically unable? Uh, I don't know. Let's see. So uh, what comes up? Um, Psychedelic drugs such as LSD and psilocybin, psilocybin, which is magic mushrooms, um, increase people's visual imagery. And it's been thought that it could be used to help aphantasia. Ah, someone who has aphantasia went and took ayahuasca. Oh, yeah. How did, how did that go? One case study investigator Scott Enyard, a 39-year-old man who claimed the use of ayahuasca, a brew containing the psychedelic compound DMT, improved yeah. his aphantasia. Ayahuasca has been used as part of spiritual ceremonies by indigenous communities throughout history. It's and users can legally access the plant in South America where it grows yeah. natively. Um, Is it Sue Robinson? The the British comedian. What's her name? You said Sue Robinson then. I, I don't know why, but I thought of um, Anne Robinson. So I was like, you no. are the weakest link. Goodbye. What's her name? <laughs> Sue Perkins? Sue Perkins, yeah. yeah. Sue, Sue, Sue Perkins. Uh, she came back and did... Uh, so she's doing comedy again. She went for the longest time, but it's come back. But uh, Sue Perkins Perfect Legal is a series on Netflix. And I think in like the final episode of one of the final episodes, she does ayahuasca and then they record it. And, I, and she was just like, it was the worst thing. You oh, do. really? Oh, yeah. It's, it's like, it's like brutal. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, it's her. Yeah. Okay. Three episodes. Travel and adventure. Yeah. Add really... to list. Oh, yeah. I'll check that out. <laughs> uh, she gets shot in one of them. Oh. Okay. Uh, she tests a bulletproof vest. She gets shot right in the chest. Um, well, I, I yeah. hope she survived. Uh, well, I'm going to read it. There's, a, in, there's R Aphantasia, which is an Aphantasia subreddit. And one of the guys, uh, one of the people that posted who has Aphantasia said that it helped. Um, not as much as probably... Well, there's two. There's one that says that they uh, didn't do anything for them and it made uh, LSD, like, not work for them, if that makes sense, oh. to a, a regular person. Like, because there's no... If you can't... If that person can't, you know, visualise the tools, then LSD's not going to work. It just um, make you very forgetful. Aphantasia is, like, a full... Like it's, it's it's a scale, isn't it? Because we've got you know yeah, people. Sure. I know two people who have aphantasia, which it seems really no. Yeah, yeah. Well, someone I work with, um, she recently said that she doesn't have a mind's eye and can't do it. And I was like, because I was, I said about mind maps, because um, I, I was doing like a, a project management stuff. I was like, oh, I'll do a mind map so I can like see where all the cascades are. Um, and she was like, oh yeah, mind maps. You know, I can't do mind maps really because I just can't visualize them. I'm like, why? She's like, oh, I, I don't, I can't visualize things in my head. I was like, oh, you have aphantasia. She's like, yeah. I was like, how do you, 
know things. I remember things just like just lists. I just got lots of lists in my head. And I was like, oh. Oh. But not not like I would. Not I imagine it's lists. not like how I how I would visualize lists. Like if I was going to write a list in my head, I would like, oh, we got a piece of paper. Get my pen. I'm going to write my list out. Oh, really? Like, like I've got a like a, a piece I of have a, like piece a floating of list. Uh, like you would words. on a phone. Yeah. I, on a phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, like, but there's no points. paper or nothing. Oh, I put it on paper just to make it a bit easier. Mind palace oh, stuff, fair. you know. Just generic. You need a good signal to noise ratio there, so you can. You can <laughs> You can pick it out. <laughs> yeah. But she was like, no, it's just like lists of words. And I'm like, so strange. So it may, yeah. maybe work for those people. Um, Interesting. Um, so one of the things I said I would come on to uh, very quickly, specifically how MDMA works. Um, yeah. And I wanted to cover this because it's obviously a very popular recreational drug here Is in the top? UK. Well, um, no, I wouldn't know. So I've heard. So yeah. I've heard. And also it's increasing in its use in medical studies it's really becoming one of the forefront of along with psycholabin and uh, lsd treatments like mdma is thought to be especially an effective antidepressant um oh yeah is this what we, we talked about this before about if you yeah. like it can kick start the wiring it'd yeah be really good for like uh, antidepressant microdosing yeah. You know, you know, so they're not exactly sure how it all works yet, <laughs> but they do know quite well how the drug works it, on the brain. So I thought I'd go Typical through that because it's very scientists. interesting. Typical yeah, classic. Buddy biologist and neuroscientist. <laughs> Don't know how it works, we just know it does. Right. Yeah. So MDMA <laughs> is a psychedelic amphetamine, um, wildly popular over the last 20 years, especially within the rave scene. Thanks, Wikipedia. Um, so it's very famous for producing feelings of comfort, empathy, and connections with other people, as well as euphoria and happiness. And one of the main way it does this is it, I don't want to say attacks because that sounds wrong, interferes with the serotonin feedback loop in the brain. So serotonin is a neurotransmitter. And while, again, the biologist uh, here says... It's multifaceted and we don't know everything that it does. <laughs> but one of the things we do know it's linked with is your mood. Similar to dopamine, but on a slightly different spectrum of moodiness. So whilst dopamine is a re reward pathway, if you do something good, your brain will give you a piece of dopamine. It's like your brain giving you chocolate because you, you know, sat quietly for five minutes. Um, that's what dopamine does. Serotonin, it's not like that. What we do know, though, is if you've got, say, your normal level of serotonin in your brain, you're likely to be in, like, a fairly average mood. If you've got higher levels, you'll be in a heightened, like, happier mood. And if you've got lower levels, you'll be down in the dumps, let's say. Maybe not, like, sad, but you just won't have as much energy, social energy, or you're just, you know, feeling a bit down for no particular reason. So, MDMA, what that does... It's a serotonergic uh, receptor, essentially, and it fits onto the neurons specifically involved with the release and uptake of serotonin. And what they do, these neurons, is normally what they'll do is they'll release serotonin and then they basically have a method through the release of potassium and sodium ions that will actively take up serotonin back into the cell 
so your brain will get used to just you know being at a normal level again what mdma does is it fits onto the neurotransmitter and it tells the neuron okay what we need is more serotonin out here so the brain is feeling happy so the cell goes okay yeah let's do that and then more mdma comes on and fits onto more receptors so it releases more serotonin and essentially the mdma fills up all the receptors and tricks the neurons into just dumping all of the serotonin they have but because they're blocking the pathway the cells can't take the serotonin back up again so your brain becomes flooded with serotonin and you just end up super happy and euphoric and all of these things um which is great until the next day and you're in a massive come down because your brain has just uptaken all of the serotonin and you've got none left uh in your brain until like kind of the mdma goes away and your brain can start to regulate it properly again um so i think that's pretty bloody wild just neurotransmitters happen to be a similar shape and it can affect your brain in such a way that yeah it's just pretty crazy to me mm. so that's a very quick basic overall rundown i've got three pages of notes on that alone <laughs> and i've condensed that into about two minutes so uh left some uh, well stuff done. out well done. Uh, uh, but yeah whilst, whilst you were doing that i was half listening half sending you avantasia memes oh okay where where am i receiving these memes <laughs> facebook oh the Okay, well, what I'll do is I'll put these post on post the them? on the Twitter and things like that oh, because uh, it's just Aphantasia <laughs> meditating. Be like, yeah, this speech is really relaxing, and it's just a picture of a black screen. <laughs> <laughs> like, how oh, do people dear. with Aphantasia meditate? You're well, in a meadow. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I mean, you mean, that's the very kind of like Western interpretation of meditation, right? Whereas I think uh, if you actually yeah, yeah. go to oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, pure Popeyes. meditation, it's more breathing regulation and mood control and feeling like your body and things like that. Uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, sucks to be them. See, when you went for recreational drugs and how they work, I went for paracetamol. I think more people have you know, have experience of drinking. So drinking. Uh, some people drink paracetamol. I had a drink of paracetamol earlier in a lamp uh, oh. But using paracetamol. No, paracetamol, I think you're wrong. Oh, what, compared to MDMA? Yeah, I think more people use MDMA than paracetamol. Um, I think that's actually just a fact. I heard the government puts in a water. Oh, I fucking hope so. I mean, what? <laughs> that's, that's why it's so expensive <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> yeah, um, that's why. Energy bills up. <laughs> Microdosing us. Yeah. Well, that's annoying. Um, <clears> go on. <throat> I, to be fair, I have absolutely zero idea how paracetamol works, so I'm, I'm fairly intrigued. Yeah, this is also like I mean, like a public health awareness for people that take paracetamol for like when their muscles ache. That okay. is what you you take ibuprofen for. You don't take yes. paracetamol for muscle ache or joint. Anytime ache. it's anything like swelling or yeah, muscle related things, ibuprofen all the time. Yeah, I'd say I can't take, I can't should take be much proofing. more common to take than paracetamol in my experience. Interesting. I used to take it, but it used to mess with my stomach and make me have weird hallucinogenic dreams. If I used to have it before oh, really? going to bed, yeah. If I wanted to have a wild night, 
and have like some crimson creepy dreams i'll just take um a briefing before i went to bed okay um okay well anyone else listening to this uh i'm pretty sure it says in the box don't take it for longer than three days um and if you are then speak to your doctor so psa yeah and the reason why you don't take it for more than three days it'll strip your stomach of its stomach lining and it will destroy you from the inside out yeah and then make you bleed internal bleeding surprise yeah. surprise and if, and if, not and that if, good for you <laughs> if you're on a pixie band that thins your blood out and you have internal <laughs> bleeding in your stomach yeah you're just generally not having a good time so i am off the ibuprofen which is great sure, absolutely that's fair enough yeah uh paracetamol is to be used for pain relief and to reduce a fever yes those two specific things it works by inhibiting the production of a certain chemical messenger called prostaglandins oh yeah which are involved in the body's pain and fever response the uh, uh did i call them it's pretty pro- wild with the pain prostate? fever response like why is that linked i mean it kind of makes sense but like is that a specific pain response to fever or the fever response is linked to the pain response possibly both because a lot of the time like if you have a really nasty cold like you are like a lot more sensitive to things <laughs> So, the, the we'll call it the glandins, uh, the pea glandins <laughs> so are produced what, by the body. That's colossal the, BS. Prostaglandins <laughs> are produced by the body in response to injury or inflammation, and they play a key role in the sensation of pain and the regulation of body temperature. That's why it's fever and pain. Okay, because it it just doesn't you know the pain. It's one of those things when people are like, I need some pain relief. It's like, that pain doesn't go away. It still, it still exists. It's there. Yeah. Um, your body is just like, we've just turned off the things that tell your body you're in pain. So like, that's really interesting. So we spoke about snake poison last week mm-hmm. and how that inhibits the synapse, like message being passed on, right? Whereas yeah, it's essentially what the same. paracetamol does is it inhibits the production of those neurotransmitters mm-hmm. rather than the neurotransmitters still being there and being unable to send a message they're just not there at all do you want, do you want, the, do you want me to delve into the, the science a bit oh I mean, that's what i'm here for so paracetamol works by inhibiting the enzyme called cyclooxygenase cox that's responsible for the production of prostaglandins which we talked about before Specifically, it blocks the COX2 enzyme, which is involved in pain and fever, but not the COX1 enzyme, which is responsible for protecting the stomach lining. Hence why, better for ah. you than ibuprofen. This means that paracetamol does not have the same side effect as the non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, NSAIDS, NSAIDS? NS, NSAIDs, yeah. Yeah, NSAIDs, which are aspirin and ibuprofen which can cause stomach irritation or bleeding. Um, How does uh, aspirin fit into this then? Do you know? No, I think... Okay. I think I, I guess it would do all of them. Because whenever I have a migraine, aspirin's the only thing that works? Interesting. Maybe aspirin blocks absolutely everything. Maybe. Compared to paracetamol, that's just like one. Yeah. Interesting. Um, but yeah, so then it so works. It takes about 30 minutes to be absorbed into the gut if you're taking it via tablets. 
It then travels to the brain where it blocks the production of these prostaglandins and reduces the sensation of pain. Also reduces fever by inhibiting the hypothalamus. Hypothalamus. Hypothalamus, uh, yeah. yeah. It's part of the brain that regulates body temperature. Yes. So essentially it wants to, but it's just like blocks off from the rest of it. It's just like, no, you can't. <laughs> well, so that's why it brings the fever down. That makes so much sense. Yeah, because your body can't raise temp raise its temperature. Also, be why you could possibly get cold or get hot in the constitution. Is that why you're... you feel better then? Because the, the fever response, right? So, like when you're sat there shivering, but you're also sweating at the same time, the fever response is because your body's hotter, because that's how your body's trying to kill the fever, right? Mm -hmm. Um, that isn't the fever itself. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like the fever response is your body trying to protect you, even though that's the bit that feels awful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it just kind of stops that from happening. And I'm wondering, does that make you have a cold for longer? Ooh. Mm, because it's not helping fight the infection or whatever your cold is, right? It's just stopping you feel the effects of it. Yeah, it depends what you, what you have in conjunction with. Say that you're having antibiotics to like stave off For something sure. yeah that's working and then you take the paracetamol to you know bring the other symptoms down yeah that'd be that'd be a very interesting thing to look at i can't google that right now but um <laughs> yeah maybe yeah. i'll come back with that beginning of the next week or if we ever come back to drugs yeah so that's how paracetamol works and i, I think it's in this should be taught, I think, more in school because it's, it's it's a common one. Yeah, like out of all the drugs, it's like one of the, the most common ones. And I think and people I just think take it to like, like oh, offhandedly mentioned, it. right? Like you just kind of presume. I mean, my mum was a nurse, so every time I was ill or anything, paracetamol, ibuprofen, here you go, off to school. You know, like what wh whatever <laughs> was wrong with you plaster paracetamol ibuprofen doesn't matter you're fine um so i've always grown up knowing kind of which one to take like i had that information there but if you didn't have that like yeah unfortunately most people don't read boxes even when it comes to <laughs> taking medication right uh so yeah i think that would be a really good thing to have in the school mm -hmm. there's there's a lot of things that <laughs> we found out in life that it would have been great if they taught us in school i don't know like how mortgages work you know stocks and things kind of kind of stuff yeah mortgages stocks i mean basic things yeah and what did we learn about instead the bermuda triangle quicksand yeah <laughs> quicksand do you know you can't actually you can't actually drown in quicksand can you not that is an actual relief Wait, let me just let me just Google this because I I saw this the other day. But it's I, definitely I, one of those things, though, isn't it? Like you grew up as a child, you're like, okay, quicksand is going to be a big part of my life. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. you just literally never encountered it once. So well, actually, it's basically impossible to die in the way that is depicted in movies in quicksand. That's because sad. quicksand is denser than the human body, so you'll always float on top. Oh. Like, let's, use, let's use some science here <laughs> to work out how this works yeah have you ever come across aero sand oh, is that where they pump air at the bottom of it, and it um, like well liquid? it's no no oh. aero... it's a 
it's a naturally occurring thing. And we had it over at Swansea. Why can I not find this at all? Basically, is a lot of air is pumped into the sand just naturally. And so yeah. you end up sinking like two two meters or something like that in the yeah, sand. That's and what that I mean. That's, that's like liquid. Yeah. You sink in it. Yeah, it's it's, it's quite it's quite interesting. There's a whole fantasy book uh series that's based off of uh the ocean it's a sand ocean. And it only that works Brandon as a sand ocean. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just saw a TikTok of him uh about half an hour ago explaining the science of that. Just really funny because With Mark he, Rober? he's he's yeah, he's the author, isn't he? Yeah. And he's on yeah. TikTok just just doing living his best life. I, just I, living his know, best life and just promoting his books. Yeah. Uh, it's like Hans Zimmer is on there as well. Yeah. He absolutely loves it. Just uh it's really great. <laughs> I think it's Mark Rober anyway. Yeah, it is Mark Rober and Brandon Sanderson. Yeah. So I expect that video will come out soon. Um Yeah, those are books I need to get onto. I've been told. There's, is that the Mistborn oh. series? Or I don't think it's his Mistborn series. Or uh is it Children of the Whale? Children of the Whales. Uh all I'm saying is they did it first. Okay. Back in twenty thirteen, which is a uh manga series that I read and then watched the anime, which was stunningly beautiful. They did a really good job on the uh, effects. But essentially, yeah, it's a they they live on the back of a whale in quotations. Essentially just like oh. a, a floating island, but it floats on the it's a sea of uh sand. Okay. Um Tress of the Emerald Sea is the uh Brandon Sanderson book in the Cosmere series. Came out the first of January. This year. Nice. Interesting. Alright. Just, nick, just nicking ideas. Yeah. Plagiarism everywhere. Mate. No ideas are new. Stick <laughs> that in. Uh turn it in. And see what score you get, Brandon <laughs> Sanderson. <laughs> get some AI to help write it for you. Yeah, that's funny. Um, like even OpenAI are releasing programs to help detect OpenAI now for schools and stuff. Oh yeah, it's when we did that test and I said the, the AI knows. Yeah. Um, but they've released like specific... Oh, ChatGPT Pro is out now. $20 a month. Yeah, I saw that. You, there's still a free version, but if you want there's priority still a free access version. during peak uh, and uh, new access to new features, then yeah, go use it. I may, you know, I've got, a, I may stop my subscription to the art one and switch open to. Uh, okay, that's but fair. I think I, um, I, think I mid journey. I, I think I use the OpenAI more than I use mid journey, even though it's more satisfying to use mid journey. Well, what I was going to say is you can still use ChatGPT. Um, it's just mid-journey, you get very limited number of goes per month yeah. otherwise. All right. Cool. So, drugs. Done and dusted. Maybe we'll return at some point in the future. Yeah, one day. Um, I know you've got MK Ultra, but we are literally at the hour mark now. Yeah, that's So, fine. do we want to come back to that at another point? Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll come back. We'll come okay. back. MK Ultra's not going anywhere. When we when that when we go in on America again, I'll just bring it up. We could just do a whole episode on that at some point. To be fair, there's probably <laughs> enough in there to do that. Yeah. Just All right. Yeah, efficacies of science experiments. <laughs> yeah, I um I got a book out 
from the library the other day, <laughs> mm-hmm. like an actual physical book because there was no copies of it online. Uh, Nineteen seventy nine, it was printed, and I was reading through some of the. It was it's called Recent Advances in Primatology. Okay. Uh, Nineteen eighty nine. I can't remember who the editors are, but uh, Sutton did a paper in there. So you could find it that way. Either way, um, there are some very, very incredibly questionable papers in that book that I was reading like, oh my Lord, no wonder why this hasn't been photocopied online. That is horrendous. (laughs) Um, Basically equating child primates to child children and how those may grow up into let's say uh, gender fluidity okay uh yeah just horrendously unethical and morally questionable mm-hmm. papers yeah tragic anyway at least we're not there anymore i hope in the yeah. science world at least right that'll bring us to the end of uh the show then so don't forget to there's with your friends families co-workers scientists so we can annoy them um dogs <laughs> New dogs, if you happen to have any new dogs, you can leave this podcast on at home. Every single listen counts. Uh, you can head on over to Twitter and TikTok, which is at InfoEntropyPod. Instagram, InformationEntropyPod. I'll put up the things we mentioned today. And of course, um, as we did last week, I'll have resources for uh, if you just happen to be using drugs or you know people using drugs and you want to speak about it, see what your options are, check the description of the episode and there'll be links to resources in there for the UK, the US and Europe as well and I'll add more if I uh, manage to find some resources that I trust because that is more difficult for other places I'm finding Um, so yeah, cool anything else to mention mate? no, that's it for me awesome source then we'll catch you guys next week peace ciao for now